Brent made that for Harlow. Ugh. Oh, for goodness sake, Paul. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJ Kayla. Let's get the neighbors. Hello, this is Neighbors. We are the Neighbours Recap Podcast and we overanalyse episodes of the Aussie Soap Neighbours that have just aired on Australian screens a month ahead of the UK. And now that we are, we've hit the 200 mark, uh, UK's just listened to episode 200 of Neighbours. So now I can more accurately tell people when to listen overseas. So uh. hopefully we'll sort that out. But I'm Vaya. I'm in Melbourne's PirateNet Studios dialing up via the Hive connection uh, to Kate, a.k.a. at Remude on Twitter, who's down the beach. Yeah. How you going? Down the Bangles, the Banglesey, the Anglesey <laughs> backpackers. Yeah, back when uh, former father was, I don't know why he was on the run, but that's where he stayed. Remember the time you stayed down here and there was a sandwich board for the T-Bone special at the pub? Yeah. And, and that's where, because T-Bone, some sort of the, the miscreant who... Attacked Piper? That's right, or threatened Piper, yeah. yeah he'd been staying at the Anglesey Backpackers as well. Yeah, and probably about an hour or so and you can get on the road to Colac, see what Stoney's up to. Yeah. We're due for a new Rebecca. We'll uh, cover that in the Neighbours Council business. You know, I've chit-canned Colac a lot over the years. Oh, yeah. But then over the summer I had the opportunity to visit Colac and I we had lunch, a picnic lunch at the Botanic Gardens, and they are so beautiful that I take it back, Colac. I had a recent experience, similar experience in Warrnambool. I think a botanic garden really saves a place. I took Warrnambool for granted. My partner's family lives there mm-hmm. and over the years was like, okay, we've got to drive three and a half hours to get to Warrnambool. And then after lockdown, I took nothing for granted again. I'm like, let me leave my city. <laughs> and my first jaunt out to Warrnambool, we had a picnic in the botanic gardens to be COVID safe. And yeah. I felt like I was in... Narnia. It was beautiful. <laughs> There's something really to be said for the, the, the COVID picnics. I think they've oh, been a, a joy. Yeah, taking them forward. So let's do Neighbours Council business. Sweetie, it's just business. Because there's some Rebecca-related bizzo to get to. But first, huge news, bigger than that. Catherine Jones, CJL. Partner in Crime has launched a new podcast. Yeah, clap it in. She's recording it right now, Kate, by the way, I've got to say. Oh, my God, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a prior engagement. Yeah. Uh, she is uh, – we're doing two hosts at a time at the moment till we've got – you know, till we can get ourselves in sync again, like time-wise. Now, CJ is recording a podcast with her husband – called Married on Maths, uh, which is a recap podcast about the reality television program Married at First Sight, which, Kate, you're all about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look, to be honest, I've got all of this season stacked up so far on my IQ, so I haven't watched it yet. But the previous two seasons, loving. And also Maths has been going gangbusters in the UK as well. Yeah, I don't think they call it Maths, but, um, yeah. I do because I just okay. read a hello article about Inez from Maths 
who was from like season six, I think. I think they're on season eight now. Um, There was a hello article about her and her minimalist apartment. Now, I'm not going to touch maths with a barge pole. I watched one episode last year because uh, an old family friend was on it, Mm. Amanda. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, and I watched... your, Your Greek community... Yeah, she's Maltese, but that's fine. But I watched one Sorry. episode. No, I, <laughs> Same I, thing. I think I assume she was Greek because an, another Greek friend of mine knew her as a family friend as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, anyway. It is um, the Mediterranean western connection. suburbs of Melbourne connection. But she um, did the first um, gay wedding on yes. maths. And, and she was, she was, she a, was a, out loose, there. a loose cannon. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure... CJ will mention her at some point on the pod. But the point is I lasted about an episode and went, that's me done well, with this can, show. Can I point out two neighbours loose tie-ins with maths, particularly with season six maths, which is on in the UK, in the UK. Um, remember when we went to the Logies there? Yes, in fact, I'll stop you there because CJ t- recounts this story. Oh, on, does she? On her, yeah, on her podcast. You get a shout-out, Kate. Oh, great. You get a mention. Did she do my quote? No, she didn't. You better do the quote. I turned to Vaya and what did I say, Vaya? I said, this man here is cancer. <laughs> Not as bad as cancer. Not worse than cancer. Just this He's man is cancer. cancer. Yeah, no, it was, um, it was Mike, Mike Gunner. I didn't say it to his face. He was like a couple of metres down from us. But I was yeah. like, just wanted to lay some groundwork here. This guy's like Hitler, basically. <laughs> anyway, here he is. But, but G'day, was, mate. The actual neighbours connection is that friend of the pod, Ash Williams... Um, got into an online war with him, <laughs> with Mike Gunner, aka Hilarious. Cancer. He and he just oh, it was so good. I think it's on his podcast. I'll have to find a link to the episode. But he ended up pranking him through Cameo. Oh, what yeah. a great tool for pranking! So Ash pretended to be an American cheerleader called Ashley, um, a woman. And got him to send all these kind of semi-motivational messages that, that <laughs> Ash then um, like re-edited into like really defamatory things. That is an A plus prank. Well it done, was, Ash. It was so good. So that so if, said, if, if you're hating Mike Gunner, get on to Ash. So that all that said, I'm not going near that show. However, I have listened to CJ's podcast, and I had a great time. Because they explain everything. Like we do for Neighbours, they talk you through all the personalities uh-huh. and all the conflict and well, tell maybe, you to Maybe I don't need to catch up on nine episodes. Maybe I can just listen to her podcast. Yeah, they'll give you a primer. And then go straight in. Yeah. yeah. And all then right, you'll I'll know what that. to look for, the greatest yeah. hits. And plus they're a married couple. So, you know, you get an insight into yeah, you have you, fly on the wall and their relationship. You get CJ and Ham Joe. Yeah. So congratulations. It's always a big deal to start a pod and it's always good to, like, she's had other ideas for podcasts, but she just one day went, I really want to talk about maths. And you, sometimes you just got to jump on the thing that, you got to follow your bliss. Yeah. <laughs> Do oh. the thing that makes you happy. Yeah. When, when we did the block. Yeah. yeah. That was fun. Yeah. That was really fun. It was just unsustainable because the block was on every damn night. And I think CJ's finding a similar issue that maths is on all the time. Um. Did you see that the new season of The Block is Fans versus Faves and they're bringing back the two guys that were in our season? Oh, Mitch and Mark. Um, Mark, yeah. Oh, I wonder. Oh, they must be paying them a pretty penny to come back because they were pretty dark on the producers. Oh, love a bit of fame. And if the price is right. Yeah. 
So well done, CJ. Happy for you, love. Married on Max. Yes, yes, Give well it a done. listen. Get the Neighbours community behind this pod. Uh, maybe they'll have you on as a guest, Kate. Hey, hey, we haven't had Hamish as a guest, so it's 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 not fair for me to put that out there. But you know, just putting it out there. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll start watching it in like waiting for my call up. Yeah, great. Now, thank you on patreoncom slash pod to Judith and oh and Shauna, Shauna the Grinch username, and I've got to thank Avery who increased her pledge amount. So that's delightful. Thank you very much, everybody. Yes, that's where you can listen to trimmings, uh, segments about certain storylines from Neighbours that I cut out of this episode that go over there. This week, I think our Patreon chat is going to be Shane and Dippy's ceramic gnome storyline. Oh, yeah. Unmissable drama, that one. Mm, And because I think I want to talk a bit more about just that whole situation, but... The news um, that's come through Erinsborough is that Sharon Johal has announced her exit from yeah. the show. Dippy Rebecca. Yeah. Uh, probably saw the light and thought, I've got kids in Sydney, minors that probably need my attention, so I'll go live there, yeah, <laughs> I imagine. Well, look, it's quite understandable. It's a sad day for Nellie and Hugo, though, because now they've lost another mother figure. Oh, that's brutal. Mm. Thank God they haven't been on screen that much because it won't cut as deep. <laughs> I wonder, d- does that mean that Yashvi and Puffy will still be around? I mean, I love Yashvi. She's Yashvi's she's actually got a career now. So. And and she's got and um, Olivia Junkia has a new ABC show that's doing really well and it's on yeah. Netflix as well. But also there goes many people of colour. We can't lose Yashvi as well. Like it's a, it's always a shame yeah. When um, a, a minority is written out of the show, it's particularly when they keep bringing in new white characters, it's like, okay, can we at least have one in, one out? Not. I really enjoyed having Jay around. He was a breath of fresh air. I really yeah. hope. I don't know how we could. I mean, we don't know that she's going to go to Sydney, but it would be great if he came down here well, somehow look, if, in, if the, in the exchange. Leave, which we don't know yet whether he's oh, or yeah. not. Um, then yeah, maybe maybe she'll get up there and just like do a clean sweep and just say, right, mate, this school isn't working out for you, off to Erinsborough High, off I to do lo- year 13. I would love, yeah, they'll have him. I would love to see if Puffy could actually finish his engineering degree. Yeah. <laughs> I need closure there. Um, so all I can imagine now is that while we were talking about reality shows, I can definitely see I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, coming and knocking on Shajo's door. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially the UK one. Don't do the Aussie one. Like, that's small pond. Go over to the UK. Do the UK one. I have to say, this year's Australian jungle was great. Um, so go and have a little look at uh, Sharon Johal's Instagram post, which is her explanation for her departure. It's, a, it's an interesting little read. Kate, are we thanking anyone? Ah, yes. We've got some new members of the Neighbours Council. We've got Rachel, who listens to po- the podcast on the way to school. Bless her. School. That's awesome. I hope it's high school because I want to know, like, if we're on the right wavelength with yeah. the high school students of Erinsborough you your, High. You and your TikToks, mate. You know what oh, yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Hello, I'm, fellow kid. Yeah, you know which meme I am. Yeah. Well, yeah. Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've also got Kate, who listens on 
In the before times, she'd listen on her commute home from work and these days it's on socially distanced walks round and around and around the park or while cooking at home. And also Zoe, who listens when she's cooking or going on random drives to get my baby to sleep, which is the CJ way, isn't it? <laughs> welcome welcome to everybody. Everybody's welcome in the Neighbours Council. Yeah. Now, that's the end of business. So she's doing business with you. We will discuss a new month, March. First of March has kicked off. Getting into the lockdown anniversary. Mm. Um, 2021, we, there was a lot this week, medically, romantically, yeah, ceramically. It, look, we had assaults, we had hallucinations, <laughs> we had gnomes. We, oh, we had, what a triumphant return of a dear, dead friend. Now, we start the week with uh, the cliffhanger into that week was Nicolette in Toadie's office promising him that she's not dodgy. It's like, nah, nah, I'm not taking this other old person for a ride to fleece her for all she's worth. Yeah. Um, look, look, I'm kind of team Toadie. I'm kind of team Nicolette. Obviously Toadie's on, you know, got the wrong ends of the stick, but also this is the most competent he's, he's been as a lawyer in many years. He really fired up. I was really impressed. By that, uh, he, he was picking up all the clues that Nicolette was possibly um, manipulating Faye, her patient, quote unquote, because she's she can't work as a nurse anymore, but she's been hired as a private carer for Faye Brennan. My goodness, isn't she? She's back in her element, isn't she? She takes to that role like a duck to water. She's really a good nurse. Yeah, she's good at what she does, and that's why I think she's so affronted that Tony accuses her of wanting to be put into Faye's will because Nicolette's like, I'm finally doing something right. I'm looking after this sick woman. I want nothing in return and this guy's running me into the mud. I don't know. I feel like I've read enough cheap magazine articles about (laughs) angels of death that just go, oh, yeah, why is it that all your patients die, Nicolette? (laughs) Of the wealthy ones. Yeah. Now, okay, at this point we should herald the grand return of Ma Brennan. My heart's going to break, Kate. My heart's going to rip into two pieces with this lady. Oh, Vaya. Look, you're not as attached to her as you were to Sonia, are you? No, but it's it's rough. I I think it's because she keeps coming back. Like she, every time she comes back, I think, ah, this will be the last Ma Brennan visit. Her Dame Nellie Melba moment. <laughs> it's not like with um, Pa Brennan, but though, oh, that, that's, no. that's kind of to do with the fact that he actually died. But still, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like he was he was in and out and died off yeah. screen. Yeah, that was a clean yeah. break. Yeah. Whereas this, uh, it's drawn out. And the fact that Chloe sees her own illness in her mum, it's oh, it's Yeah, rough. no, that's grim. But what a delightful presence is Faye. Um, she's a sophisticate from the Barossa. You never forget that. Oh, no. Faye's a sophisticate from the Barossa. Right to the very end. And she is ticking items off her incredibly pathetic bucket list. I'm sorry, Faye. You're a great lady, but this bar, this bucket list is weak. Oh, life drawing. No, that's not on my bucket list. 
Not what? with my kids and my bloody neighbours. We've got to see, Kate, you make such a fanfare about Millsy's ass. We see Kyle's ass all the time. <laughs> I don't want to see Kyle's ass. <laughs> and also I, I did life drawing for a number of years when I was at uni and it was torturous. Thursday mornings, turning up first thing, having to see some stranger nude up in front of you for hours on end. Having to get every crevice. Yeah. De- detail. And having to just being glad when they had, because they, they rotated around the room, being glad when you just didn't have to draw a wang. <laughs> <laughs> but also I think why, why I found it torturous is that I'm just not very good at life drawing. <laughs> that, was, that was the hard part because I'd, I'd walk around the room afterwards and you'd see like people's beautiful drawings, including people who like <laughs> focus very heavily on pubic hair. <laughs> it's it's just actually... The, the blackest part of the charcoal out just to like, yeah. Highlight the pube. The pube. It's actually um, back on the reality bent. It's a common segment they do on um, the Bachelor. Yes, it's not <laughs> erotic. I'll, I'll tell you that. There's actually oh my god, because it, normally it's people that the models are free spirits. You, you yeah. could describe them as people who are very comfortable in their own nudity. Um, usually a bit alternative or old. Hmm. Just they gives, give a shit. They they give zero f's. Yeah, but there was one life model who in one occasion he was modelling for the first years and he got an involuntary erection during it. And it was like a young, young, handsome dude as well. Anyway. It is very rare that I feel sorry for a man, but I feel sorry for that man. (laughs) The teacher cut it short. She's like, all right, well, okay, you can, um, I think we'll just... Cut this session short. Oh now. no, that's even more awkward. No, because just make them draw it. <laughs> no, no, that's not right. Anyway, so they made him obviously put his robe back on, <laughs> just Aww. to add to the sex offender feeling oh, to this no. situation. Anyway, um, but yeah, See, he, was, he was never invited back to be a model. That that is the plot twist in the Kyle storyline. I would have been here for. But life drawing, there's nothing erotic about life drawing as, as a drawer that, yeah, or and that's a model the point. except for that dude. It's supposed to be the form, the human, you know, Just studying the human form. Get her a stripper. Get Aaron to get the chaps on again. If she or, wants to see a good look. Oh, hang on. No, that's her that's son. son. Oh, Christ. But, no. he, okay. but he's get got Rory Zemiro back. Yeah. Can't we get Rory Zemiro yeah. back to, like, gyrate his crotch? Easily. Easily. <sighs> I did, I did forget that Aaron was yeah, her son. Yeah, but he's got connections. He could have teed it up. So the other item on her bucket list, apart from she had psychic readings and whatever, oh, this that, week. That was truly, that was that was saddest bitch in Aaron's borough territory. I think so too. This whole bucket list. Can we roll the sting for poor Faye's bucket list? Okay, I was asking for permission, Kate. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought you were actually just queuing it in. There, so. uh, no, first I need you to grant me permission. Oh, yes, yes, please. Okay, good. Now we can hear it. The It's the worst bucket list. I, I don't mean literally sad. I mean, yeah, pathetic. Like because she, because we know she can do better. Get on the piss. Dippy. Do a pub crawl. Dippy, for God's sakes, Dippy. Like a psychic reading for a dead woman where you know her, you know her whole family. Uh, and you're not a psychic. Seriously. She's not a clairvoyant. She just does, she reads the cards, which is a different skill set. Also, Brennan's, entire Brennan family, Start the bucket list a bit earlier. She's literally in her final months 
of life. Yeah. Like, ugh. I just, I find bucket lists super morbid anyway. And like my parents, um, usually every year they go overseas and then like they do the most detailed Facebook <laughs> posts like every day that you're just like, oh God. But quite often mum will say, oh, we visited blah, 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 blah. It's on Pete's bucket oh. list. And I'm like, hang on. But dad's like only in his late 60s. Okay, yeah, um, there's got to be a middle ground. Yeah. I don't want to hear about my dad's no, bucket list when he's not actually actively There's got to be a middle ground between someone in fine health ticking things off and someone who's minutes from the grave. In the middle of that, yeah. when you're diagnosed with your deadly illness, that's when you go and do your winery tour of the Barossa Fay, you know. Oh, she's, look, to be honest, she's been indulging in that most yeah, of her life. Well, she might want to go, you know, to New Zealand and see some wineries there. Yeah, take her down to bloody Red Hill or something like that. Beautiful day. Yeah, Ned can recommend a few accommodations. I mean, maybe again, it's kind of torturing a person who's nil by mouth to take them to That's a winery. That's what I mean. But she could, she could smell the booze. She could have done, and and it would be much kinder for her to smell booze, which might just smell like a nice scented yeah. candle, than it is to. And this is the next item on her list: be near to some chocolate for a sensory experience, which I don't actually think was. Really on her list, I think they kind of just took some artistic license with that. So she said she wanted to sample Gazcan's Bliss Balls. Gary's, hang on, is this a euphemism here? Balls. How can that man who's six feet under be practically killing people from beyond the grave? They are third times the charm. First of all, he he tried to kill. The woman from the council with the poison pies. That's right. Then he nearly killed B with the the, the other poison oh pie. Oh my god! And I guess third time's lucky for um for Olivia Faye. Bell's new book, Ghost Serial Killer. I can't <laughs> believe this. So what happened is, um, he's he's a malevolent spirit, really, isn't so he? So they've dug up his recipe. They've handed it over to Hendrix, who's their new chef on the block. He's done one um, study session. Uh, in in the oh, home no, in the Vaya. home ec room, and he's ready to go. Vaya, Kate Stradamus, yeah. Hendrix is going to run the eighty two. Oh, I like it. I like it because we had Pierce. We had the siege. Pierce is going to buy the, the the business off Coil. I bet because we had the siege Stradamus of uh, Hendrix becoming a chef, and then yours is mm. him running the eighty two. That's nice. Yeah, um, and maybe he can. What cuisine does he like? I think he likes. Um, you know, like how burgers became hip and gourmet? Yeah, but Grease Monkeys is across the road. True, but he likes that kind of snack food, comfort food, street street I food. Feel, I feel the only way Coyle will give it up is if um, Hendrix says, oh, I'm just going to use uh, gas cans. God cook. damn it. Because Coyle, Coyle's a barely qualified Me Too um, <laughs> handyman. No, really weird. There's a reason why people are, like, having food poisoning from your tram, mate. It's because you're not a cook. But Hendrix has whipped up a lovely batch of Bliss Balls, the chocolate truffles, and brought them round so that they could dangle them near Faye, who is on a feeding tube, and she could smell them and then salivate. And then also Toadie and Hendrix get to eat them. They're like, oh, just because Faye can't eat them doesn't mean... Now, a little birdie told me about your bucket list that one of the items on that list is to try Gary Canning's famous desserts again. 
Now, look, we're all very well aware that you can't actually eat anything, so there won't be any tasting. So let's think of it as more of a, a sensory experience. Now, I spoke with David, and he, he said it's all okay. I can smell them from here. <laughs> Divine. Mm. You guys are absolute assholes. That is not fun. I don't... <sighs> Sometimes you just can't tick everything off the list, gang. Oh, no, no. It's just, yeah, piss off. Piss off with your stupid bloody bliss and balls. of course, of course, Chloe lets her mum. Faye's like, please, can I just put it on my tongue and taste it? Because everyone's like, you can't eat solid food, you'll get an infection. And Chloe's like, okay, you can put it on your tongue, but you can't ingest it. And Chekhov's bliss ball. Oh, so fast forward to the end of the week She's got a tickle in her throat and that escalates in rapid fire and then <sighs> Clive's in there practically reading her the last rites. Yeah, she's got a pneumonia, hasn't she, from the, right. the chocolate in her lungs? He, he explained it Which so, so peace, beautifully too, saying how she's going to go peacefully. So, Vaya, is this a situation of um, death by chocolate? Oh, yes. Oh, I, now I usually love a bit of death by chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> is that a dessert that would have made it a, across the seas? I think so. I guess every it's restaurant just, puts its own yeah. spin on it. Yeah, it's just like make something too chocolatey and then pop it on and a menu. the more um, low rent the establishment, the more hectic it gets. Like I've had you yeah. know, some Mexican chains, you can get a big bowl and it's got cake and ice cream and topping and like, you know, a bowl as big as your head. And, um, yeah, I, that's the way I would want to go. In fact, Faye... More power to you. If I'm going to go, I'm going to go eating a chocolate truffle. We did actually, now that things aren't looking good for Faye, and she's not even telling her kids that it was a terrible appointment, um, Dr. Kathy, friend of the pod, works in palliative care and uh, she just came off a night shift, caught up on Neighbours, and here's what she had to say. Hey, Neighbours. I just wanted to call in and have a quick chat about the happenings with Faye Brennan. Started the week with her having one of Gary's chocolate balls and it's ended with Clive taking a leaf out of Dr. Carl's book and giving her a week to live. I actually really felt for Faye on Monday when everyone was eating chocolate around her and she wasn't allowed to have any and she had to beg Chloe just to have a little taste of it. I thought that actually really rang true. From my experience, people are often desperate to get a taste of, of anything, really, if they haven't been able to eat for so long and they're being um, fed via a feeding tube. It was good to hear palliative care, getting a mention from Clive. Hopefully next week we can actually see Faye getting some palliative care. And the other thing is I'm actually very impressed with the actor. I'm not sure who it is that plays Ma Brennan, but I think she's done a really good job this week and hats off to her. So... You know, Kathy does back up that when you're on a feeding tube, you can't ha ingest solids. But yeah. Kathy also was chatting to me offline and saying a lot of her patients do just want that last bite of their favourite food or, you know, just to have that and they just take the risk on and say, you know what, if I go, I go. That is so tragic, mm. isn't it? It's That's genuinely mm. sad. And the nicest thing about this is that um, – Faye obviously doesn't want it to come out to Chloe that she's essentially handed her the poison chalice. You know who's going to go off chop? Mark Brennan. When he has his laminated schedules and he finds out. Does this mean we're going to have to see He sends his mum down for two weeks at the Brenden and she doesn't make it back. And because Chloe <laughs> couldn't follow instructions. 
You'd be like, Chloe, I expect this kind of stuff from Tyler, but not from you. I thought you were more responsible than this. <laughs> it's true. We would expect it from Tyler. But also because it's I'll tell you what, no, tell you what, this is this is a bright day for pipes. Mm. She's she's free now. Oh, of course. She doesn't have to stay and help look after Ma. Be Faith's fact, carer. And also for Paige too. Ma Brennan, if you care at all about pipes, set her free in that wheel. Let her say let her go. Um Oh yeah, is is Faye giving money to her other baby mama of her grandkids? I hope so. I reckon Paige would be contesting some shiz if she isn't. Um the other thing that I want to point out is that this is going to come back to all bite Chloe because she's letting her petty grievances with Nicolette hamper her care of her mother. Because if Nicolette had stayed around to give administer the food, then she wouldn't have let Faye eat the chocolate. Anyway, mm. she's not long for this world. We'll pick it up next week. CJ's just finished recording Married on Maths. I have. It's been a Sunday night fight night. Big, big night on maths, you know. <laughs> how's how's the Dan Andrews guy going? Um, yeah, oh my God, he looks so much like our premier. It is. <laughs> it is. It's uncanny. Yeah, it's very weird. <laughs> and I love somebody tagged the premier's wife on Twitter saying, oh. do you know your husband's on maths? And she goes, <laughs> she replied with, yeah, I've heard. And she's like, well, he's on everything else, so why wouldn't he be on that? <laughs> Um, now, there's going to be there's a lot going on at the Robinson house. That's why we thought if CJ was available, she could jump on because uh-huh. uh, romance is blossoming between someone in the neighbours council likened them to Jack and Rose in Titanic. Right. Powers <laughs> <laughs> popped down to steerage and found herself a new fellow. A long-haired blonde boy. Yeah, Brentonato DiCaprio, as we like to call him. Yeah. They've been doing study sessions and then he, but also he was her former sex pest. So um, it's a bit of a tricky situation. He's getting that kind of coil sex pest makeover. Mm, Yeah. No consequences. So one thing that's worth pointing out is that his file, Hendrix gave it to everybody at school and Harlow didn't read it because she's too honourable for that kind of stuff. And but he gives her the file. Because she's like, I don't even know you. Like I like you, but I don't know you. Yeah. And he's he's like, I'm here. I'm an open USB. Yeah. Oh God. Read about when I wet the bed at eight. (laughs) (laughs) She laps it up though. My God. It instantly works. Mate, I I feel she's got like a whole true crime crime podcast coming along from that file. Either that or she's got a saviour complex because she had a kink. As soon as he's like, she read about how damaged he was and how he's overcome it all, she was into it. Yep. You're 100% right. But she's, look, she's had a very strange upbringing herself. Like her dad's. Remind us. Her dad's in prison because he's evil. And her mum was an absolute Fruit Loop who ended up in an extreme cult. And then exploded into smithereens. Yeah, well, we'll fell in love with the local vegan chef that's good at sex and then exploded. And good at death beyond the grave, we've established. Yeah. But now can you, CJ, talk about that wonderful scene where Brent turns up to the Robinson Willis house at all hours? Yeah, so he shows up in the middle of the night to I, I was I actually felt really uncomfortable about him just showing up. It felt very late at night. Unless Paul is getting to bed at nine o'clock, which I just don't feel 
nah, would be Paul's vibe. No, he's a stay up and drink whiskey until at least midnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold your horses, coming. Have you any idea what time it is? Look, I need to see Harlow. What about? Uh, and assignment. Well, you can do that tomorrow, and Get lost. Go no, on. No, no, no. It's okay. I was awake. Um. So he shows up, and he's just like, "Why don't you like me? How dare you not like me?" Or something like that's not what he says, but I like that's the vibe I got. I was gonna say that's the start of every promising romance, isn't it? Yeah. When instead of saying, "Um, back off, weirdo." Yeah, when you're not given space to think about things, that that often says he's a winner. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Paul answers the door because why wouldn't he at half past one in the morning or whatever it is? Yeah, if um, someone's knocking on your door, you send the, um, dare I say, you send the man of the house down to deal with whatever intruder is about to enter your house. Only after he's put his cigarette coat on. <laughs> and then he comes down and he, I'm sorry, I know that um, Stephen Dennis is of a different age than me and but, I mean, Neighbours loves a May-December romance, but he looked hot <laughs> when he... Oh, CJ. <laughs> his hair was, like, curly. I didn't that, know he had curly hair. That was his sex hair. hair. Oh, my lo- well, hey, you don't know what he interrupted. <laughs> yeah. Therese is up there like, hello. <laughs> anyway, so um, you can tell I've just come fresh off Married at First Sight, can't you? Yeah. Um, so he's like, Harlow's like, no, I was awake. <laughs> And Harlow dismisses her grandfather, who's got every right to be annoyed that there's some weirdo knocking on the door in the middle of the night. And that, at that point she's like, no, let's just be friends. And then the other men's rights activist alarm bell went off when he runs home and he's like, I got friend zoned. Mm. Like, oh, yeah. Like, yes, no, that's, a, that's a valid instruction. No, we will be friends. But because earlier that day she'd had a moment and lunged for him and kissed him. And then I did notice the detail of between the kiss and Brent having a conversation with David about the kiss, he comes in with all his bed linens to wash. And I was like, oh, no, he's had a long, hard think about this situation. Oh. That's... Why does? Why else is a 17-year-old boy coming into the house with his armful of the doona cover in the That's... laundry? I'm kind of good. You're going to do some chores? The boy who would not pick up his towel. I was about to say, look how Nicolette has turned this kid around. <laughs> I know. You know? I mean, he used to live on the streets, didn't even have a doona then. Now he's mm. regularly washing his doona cover. Yeah. Because he's having some Harlow thoughts. Well, he's being grateful as opposed to Hendrix who would have just bought a new doona after he got soiled on, it. Got onto Kogan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next thing is Harlow comes around to Grandad and Therese and says, hey, we are seeing each other. What are you going to do about it? Oh, I love it. I love it. It's so teenage girl, isn't it? To be like, oh, hey, Nan, Pa, it's Juliet here. I found <laughs> Romeo. Um, yeah, so she has to pick another guy that her grandfather hates basically. Which is fun. I do enjoy the moment where Paul said, God, it's a dark day when um, Hendrix is the better option. Mm. I just I don't get Harlow though because she is so mature and responsible in everything else and Suddenly she thinks, oh, yeah, this shitbag, he'll do. Why not just go and meet a nice, uncomplicated boy from uni? Or think of, like, maybe like a mature-age student at uni that she could have full intellectual conversations with. Imagine, like, some 30-year-old... Creep. Well, creep. But, you know, I can imagine her connecting with someone mm. who's I'm not like, more mature. I'm not like those mm. teenagers. Yeah. 
you know who I'd like to see with a like a professor. I was going to say that, and then I thought, oh no, that's inappropriate. So I just went mature age student, yeah. which no, is it's, still inappropriate. They'll one hundred percent do it because they do that same storyline every few yeah. years. And notice how all the kids are all. All kids and adults, Puffy's there too, they're all at, I guess, Eden Hills Uni. I don't know what it's called really. but It's called the backlot of bloody Lassiter's. <laughs> Lassiter's <laughs> University. It's like who knew the uni was literally just behind those shops? Mm. So Brent also is doing this painting over old posters or cleaning a wall or something, helping Ned for the fine arts students, which makes me go, why can't the fine arts students fix their wall? But anyway... You know what got me? The moment when um, Harlow and Puffy are just walking along talking to each other and I thought, you know, when I was 18 I probably would have just gone, oh, God, that's my neighbour. I might just keep walking the other way and pretend I didn't see him. Late for a treat. See you later. My mature age student plan backfired immediately when it was the only one available was Puffy. <laughs> you never, never know. Then finally this white wall gets vandalised, which I thought was just experimental art. It was big yeah. red slashes. I thought it was one of the art kids. Yeah, maybe the next Banksy is at that, that university. Someone's, got, someone's going a bit Jackson Pollock with it. Hmm. So I, I would love that if they get the police involved and then the, the lecturer comes in and goes, no, 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 that's, uh, that's an A-plus project over there. Yeah, don't you see those lines? Mm. So we'll leave them because we also have to get to some other big ticket items, including poor Roxy Willis. That poor lady is being disrespected by every damn bloke on Ramsey Street. Kate, do you want to talk about her? Yeah, I just look, she's such a lovely bright spark in the show and she's just being beaten down at every every turn. Again, Roxy, just find someone nice and uncomplicated and close to your age who appreciates you for the fun human being you are, not for the drain on their financial resources and, that and, Coyle treats you as. And she's had quite an evolution, a character evolution, because she was out of control when she arrived and yeah, she finally... She, she, like, was bloody well doing shots on the waterhole um After setting it, on fire, setting it on fire. And now she's found a balance, I find, between her fun, uh, vivacious side and her destructive side and, yeah, it's a lot more well-rounded so, and so she's got a really big heart. She does. And she was so excited about running a pop-up second-hand clothing store next what to the 82. shit move this was, CJ. What's Paul playing at by giving a lady a trestle table and saying, here, have a shop, and then, no, just kidding, it was a prank. Yeah. I mean, look, it's terrible. I'm not even going to try and defend him, although it was kind of funny to watch. But um, <laughs> so... I mean the idea of her setting it up opposite, not so much taking it away from her. But I love that Paul was like, oh, well, I might shit them and just set up the shop across the road because I own all of the roads around here because Carl didn't want that shop at the tram. Yeah, it was a secondhand clothes, well, actually clothes she's pilfered from her neighbours and then hacked them up with a pair of scissors. Yeah, stolen goods that she's altered, I guess, is kind of. How you look at it, but um, Carl didn't want it. He thought it was tacky or no good for whatever reason. So um, even though he's well, the biggest spendthrift of them all, yeah, he'd love a top that was altered by Roxy, wouldn't he? Imagine him in some bike gear that was the wrong size that he bought there. <laughs> oh my god! How about when she returned the dress to Jane? Oh, <gasps> Jane 
was a little extreme in her reaction, I found. She cut the back out of it. How did, Jane, in her, how did Jane not realise when she was pointing it on that it was her... was a little breezy. Yeah. Her pink bra was on display. Delightful. <laughs> but then she went off at Roxy, you stupid girl. Oh, that was nasty. Yeah, calling did you talk her to your stupid? year 11s like that, Jane? I bet she does. I thought that's so unnecessary. And it's funny because, you know, with... I've got small kids and I never use the word stupid to them about anything. I mean, I I do drop like swearing in front of them, but I never, like I just say, we've we've got a book where something's called stupid in it and I always change it to silly. Yeah. I don't think it's right on Neighbours. It's it's punching down. Yeah. I just remembered while I was slagging off Paul for that poor treatment of Roxy, I one I did really enjoy back in the Harlow storyline, um, Brent, who's a textiles aficionado, whipped up a batch of stress balls and mm. gave one to Faye. And oh, Hendrix. Hendrix. Is it? No, um, Brent. Brent made them. Mm. Oh, He's the textiles kid. Yeah, okay, that's right. So it was Brent who killed her. Um, so Hendrix. No, 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 no. no, no. Hen- stress ball. Hendrix oh, the stress made- balls, the chocolate balls. Sorry, go. Because <laughs> we have two balls-based plot devices. We have mm. Hendrix with the chocolate ball, salty balls, and we have Brentonado with the stress uh, balls. Fabric stress balls. They'd be a bitch to sew as well, wouldn't they? They look like a little Burberry knockoff print as well. He'd have to do a lot of hand sewing at the end. I did. Um, I made um, balls, fabric toy balls, jingly balls for my son to play with out of secondhand clothes, baby clothes. And, yeah, I made them smaller and smaller. I thought they would be cute for his little hands and they were a bitch to sew. So, But, but he gave one to Harlow and then Paul was grabbing onto it and squeezing it, and then Tarage goes, oh, Brent made that for Harlow, and he goes, bleh, bleh, and throws it down. <laughs> so funny. I love it. Um, it, it. The thing is, is Paul hates anyone that goes near any of his family members, let's be honest. He hates it. He, he didn't like Kyle when he was with Amy. He, didn't like, he doesn't like anyone that is with his family members. Mm-hmm. But he has, like, just cause to not be into this guy. Yeah. Yeah, he was carrying around a blade. He... Um, assaulted his granddaughter physically when he was last yeah. in town. Like he's he was abusive before. It's no, it's not right. What are you thinking, Harlow? And Paul's just trying to do the right thing to protect her. So Roxy gets hit. Oh. What the hell happened there? So Roxy decided that she was going to do her good deed for the day and um, go and clean up the graffiti, which was weird. Weird choice. But she goes there, she looks at it, and then we see, like, from the point of view of someone lurking, watching her, and then they leap up and just biff her over the head. That was really cruel because it was like a, is it, what's it called? Like a coward. gangland a gangland killing when yeah. they come up from behind. Well, she basically got coward punched and then mm. smacked the front of her head on the gutter. Poor little thing. And I was reading an interview with her last week and realised that she's an ex-gymnast. So she's a pint-sized little thing. Imagine just, oh, that could have killed her. It really could have. So who do you guys think it was? Oh, it's got to be one of Brentonado's cronies that he was um, scared of from the um, halfway house where he was staying, surely. Oh, I'm just kind of hoping it was Brent doing a stakeout, trying to work out who damaged it. <gasps> and yeah. then he, he thinks, oh, it must have been her. She's good. She's come back for more. And then... Oh. um. And he, he didn't realise it was Roxy because he's just looking at this little blonde elf from behind. And, yeah, Koshes are over the head and maybe this will get Brent out of our lives. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Nice. I I, oh. I think I think everyone will think it's him, um, but then it will end up not being him, and then he'll be here forever. Well, at least I like actually, three years. I, I don't mind if he stays and remains a villain antagonist. Like I don't think he has to be a love interest or a, like a, everyone's friend. He can just be a shitbag. Yeah. He doesn't have to be yeah. redeemed. Oh, we love a shitbag. What happened to all those shitbags that we used to see? Um, there was the the Asian shitbag. He was good. Maybe, you know, maybe he's part of the Wong family. Um, Don't worry, Kate. Mm-hmm. Jane started up year 13. That's yeah. just all shitbags. <laughs> yeah, um, Ollie, Ollie Sudeikis. Oh, yeah. What's Ollie um, those, doing now? Those kids, that kid that went got memes made of him, that um, his mum was the obstetrician. Yep, Stefan Dennis's son. Yeah. Memories. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have been funny if Harlow had to get together with Stefan Dennis's son. That would have been weird. That would have been weird. And he would have hated it too. Like he hated everyone. Yeah. Imagine if it was him who like did the, you know, knocked out Roxy. He could just be walking around, walking away going, you're a loser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because um, Brent had loser written. No, Hendrix had loser written on his locker. <laughs> But then fighting words. <laughs> um, now we've saved the best to last. Who has returned to our screens as in in an out-of-this-world form with his COVID hair, oh. his long COVID quaff? It's the patron saint about, of this show, <laughs> Finn Kelly. Australia's Rob Millsy Mills. Oh. Just when you think he's dead. Although yeah. I must say, it was a bit scary. Like I had to cover my mm. son's eyes. Aww. All the, yeah, the jump scares. That was it creepy. It was really creepy. It was super creepy. Susan, you're looking well. What do you want to talk about? There's no need to be nervous. You're in charge of this. I'll answer any question you have. I loved living here. What a house. I used to daydream about being part of that painting. This isn't working. This isn't how I want the conversation to go. Then why are you imagining it like this? Uh, CJ, will you just talk us through the the psychological journey Susan's going through to connect with her memories here for the book, for the um, tell-all book she's helping write? Yeah, so Susan's collaborating on this book and she's having some trouble getting in touch with her feelings from that time. And so she talks to David about it and he said you should visualise, you know, do some bit of a role play with an empty chair and that empty chair is Millsy. <laughs> Clint Eastwood. What the hell? This is ridiculous. He's like basically, all right, Susan, what you need to do is to become a spiritual medium, okay, and then talk to him from beyond the grave. Find and, out his motivations. Yeah, and then and he's like, all right, leave. I've got a lot on. <laughs> Why not contact P- Patricia Arquette from Medium? So she does. She conjures Finn Kelly up and he pops into the Kennedy house and she really gets some feelings out. She realises she still feels for him. She still has empathy for him. Um, She still, I think we're going down the path of like she understands a little bit of some of the things he did, not killing Gary and, you know, blowing up Prue, but like, you know, wanting people to love him and so forth. Well, she's not that upset about that part of it. She's upset that he lied to her. Because it's also interspersed with moments from his journals, his video diaries and his the transcripts where he's saying, like he's recording himself saying, I'm turning evil again. And in the background, Susan's like, come to dinner. <laughs> Roast is ready. The durian's on the boil. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And it's it's, it's jarring for her to to realise they were going about their day-to-day lives while he was plotting the revenge. Yeah. But when he initially comes back, he is the nice guy, Finn Kelly, the sweet, earnest boy who woke up from a coma thinking he was 19 again. Yeah, who needed a mum. And and you can't, that's not being taken for a ride. That's someone with amnesia, like, being sick and needing help. It's only the last couple of weeks that she was, she could judge herself for. Even still, it's, you know, the legal and health profession that we're letting the victims of crime be the carers. No, but then, then also remember, was it Dry Toast blackmailed Ellie into making him stay? That's right. And then Dry Toast got a bloody makeover to be, <laughs> yeah, the, the white knight coming to save Ellie and Asta. Like, this yeah. is weird. That man's unpleasant and he shouldn't, yeah. look, as much as we love Ellie, he shouldn't be around her. I This visualisation tactic was really interesting because so this is kind of like out of left field, but I part of my I have Tourette's syndrome, neurological disorder. I've mentioned it here and there. And one of my tics I've only recently discovered is like I've had it my whole life. It's kind of like visualizations. It's like a mental tick. And I only recently realized it because I was on this Tourette's podcast and connected with a few people in the community online and realized, oh, through that conversation that I've always had these yeah, visualizations and full conversations that play out in my head, and I, I don't know how to what extent. Obviously, I don't. I can't. We're not all in each other's heads. We don't know if other people do these sorts of things. But I do have these scenarios that repeat over and over, and um, sometimes it's with people I know or don't know, or sometimes it's you know fictional people. And um, I found it really interesting that she was having these play out this way. Um, they don't just then pop up in windows and doors and my office and stuff, but. Um, it was funny that it was tied to nothing, though. It was just something she could conjure up with no medical diagnosis behind it. Yeah, and then she loses control of it. Yeah. And I am um, glad she did go to Carl and say, okay, I think I've lost much. the plot. Because earlier she was quite enjoying it. It's like she's watching repeats. It's like she had the video link to the Bum Island episodes and she was mm. re-watching them and having a fun time. Yeah, she was remembering what the world was like before there was cases and coronavirus. Mm. Um, But the thing is, is that Carl does that thing that we hate where he keeps coming to her work to talk about it all week. (laughs) Oh, mate, leave her alone when she's at work. Mm. Like she goes to other people. She's not talking to Carl about the problem. It must be really frustrating. I can't understand Mm. that. But Finn Kelly is popping up. He was in the Lassiter's pool thing. Ooh, the the, um, the hazard. In there with Mrs. Punch. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, that was scary. It was scary. Mm. It was, it was, he was like a bit like Laura Palmer from um, Twin Peaks. Mm. Kind of like, yeah. Also because that is probably pretty close to his final form. He didn't have his ghost outfit, or did he? You know when people say the last outfit you wear, be careful what you wear every day because that could be your ghost outfit. You no, I've never heard that before. <laughs> oh, I, it's, on, it's all over TikTok. <laughs> TikTok oh, I, I can, I can give you a hot tip, but we wear my dressing gown. <laughs> it depends. If it's really cold when you pass away, Kate, you might be wearing Hello Kitty pants. Hey, and I'll tell you what, I'll be comfy. I'll be comfy in the afterlife. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, You're not I, killing look, people just, like Gary. I would love Finn Kelly's ghost to just hang around as a character. Oh. Up Imagine there with the Jim, the Jim Robertson bauble. Yeah. 
And uh, I don't want it just to be his head, of course. I would like to see Finn Kelly doing the old <laughs> pressed ham, maybe at Erinsborough High, through, through one of the, the classroom windows. That'd make a bloody great bauble. <laughs> oh, my God. We do need a bauble of, of Millsy's ghostly <laughs> bum. Um, could you imagine if, um, you know, like if this was like a Hollywood movie from like the 90s and Susan could see him but no one else could and he'd start having fun with it. Remember that movie Drop Dead Fred? Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Um, imagine if like the Kennedys were just like sitting around for a round of hash browns and like he walked through <laughs> without any clothes on and just like danced around the room in a, you know, a way that only Millsy could. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Actually, I'm. I'm there for him being a, 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 you know, a listed character on the credits. And I'd love it if she had an ally that maybe like Hendrix could see him or she would tell Hendrix when he was there so he could have some fun with it too. Can we just get him back for real now? <laughs> can we just, can they just go, oh, you know what, actually um, this was handled by, say, the New South Wales Coroner's Court and, you know, the, the, the details never really came through to Victoria and, oh, it looks, it turns out there was a stuff up and it was in fact some other person's body and, yeah, come on. If they can write D Bliss back in, we can get Finn Kelly back. Yeah, it would it'd be too hectic. Like if Excuse me, we have lived through the D Andrea storyline. We know, are ready was, for all moments of hecticness. And it was hard yakka. <laughs> it was, but I think we could um I mean, why couldn't Finn have a twin that that him <gasps> and Sean didn't know about? Okay, now we're cooking with gas. Yeah, like Neil. <laughs> Neil Finn. <laughs> yeah. No, Tim. <laughs> Tim. Tom Flynn. <laughs> I'm not Neil Flynn. Neil Kelly. It's Finn, Kelly. Finn and Flynn. Yeah. Flynn Kelly. <laughs> oh, and maybe oh, like. No, no, no. F- Flynn Kenny. <laughs> and maybe like Terrible Mum just sold that one. Oh, yeah. Like when it was born and was like, oh, I know a gay couple that owe me a favour. I better. <laughs> yeah, she knew because she knew how to get them. Yeah. Maybe she makes them. <laughs> but also now Susan will think she's getting haunted again and that she's losing the plot because oh, she keeps seeing him around. Writes itself, guys. Writes itself. Come on. From from a freebie. Our, from our mouths to your ears, Neighbours yeah. Writers. That's a freebie. You guys can have that. We should do Citizen and Citizen of this week. Yeah. Please, gals. What a treat having CJ. We weren't yeah. anticipating having her. Oh, I'm really happy. It's a public holiday here tomorrow, guys, and I don't think there's any political problems with this holiday, so let's all really enjoy that. It's Labor Day, mate. Let's celebrate it. I have to work tomorrow. Because it's it's a Victorian holiday. Yeah. yeah. Um, Television rests for no No, no one's too important. Um, I'm going to let you guys go first because you've done the whole podcast, so I'm probably going to steal one of yours, though. Oh, well, Citizen, of course, goes to my um, Citizen of 2020, and that is Finn Kelly. <laughs> thank you for coming back and thank you for being super creepy. He is pretty good at that. Citizen of the Week has got to be the late Gary Francis Xavier Canning, <gasps> who is still somehow getting his mitts all over people's business and putting them in the hospital. With his salty balls. Sorry, sir. And Hendrix is now caught up in this because he's trying to develop a new skill and now it's ruined because he's going to kill an old lady. Maybe these balls had something to do with the ladybug. Oh. Um, CJ, the challenge now goes to you to find 
a now dead neighbor's character to make your um, citizen of the week or citizen. <laughs> no, oh, no you, my, can, you can do a living one, or you and can my, do someone who's on death's door, maybe. No, my citizen of the week is very much alive, and it is Therese for whatever she was doing with Paul up in that room. <laughs> the well ladybird. Yeah, the ladybird. Nah, I reckon she's coined her own moves. Yeah, she the vixen. Would. Yeah, the queen. Queen bee. Queen bee. Queen bee. There you go. That's it. And the saddest bee we award we awarded earlier. Oh, did it's you? Mar Brennan for a poor pitiful bucket list. Oh. Start earlier. Do better. Yeah. So that's us. Uh, next week is going to be a little International Women's Day chat. Like we're, we're going to basically wait and see how neighbours celebrates. IWD. They haven't made mention of Mardi Gras. So happy Mardi Gras if you celebrate. It's happening now. I don't know if on Monday there'll be a nod to it, but it's also Women's Day. So I don't know. We're going to see how this week unfolds. Um, but you need to find us on TikTok, Neighbours Pod. One of my posts has 60,000 views. <gasps> That's amazing. I don't even know what's happening. I don't get it. My face isn't even in that one. Which one is it? I didn't have to show up. Oh, it's um, me pointing out that they use Don't Make You Feel Good in the lip sync battle. Awesome. And then CJ and I did a lip sync battle. Just did follow you? us both. Yeah. CJ, where are you? I'm on CJ the Hot Miss Mum on Instagram and TikTok. Kate. Oh, and I have another podcast, Married on Maths. Oh, my God, yes. Yes. Say it. Married on Maths on podcast platforms. <laughs> Lovely. And oh, um, plug your husband's Twitter. People can chat to him there. Oh, yeah, at Hamish Jones. Yeah, talk to him because I don't have any more time for it. How did he get Hamish Jones? That's his name. Amazing. Yeah, but, like, he must have um, got on Twitter really early. Yeah, he was. He was making mistakes on the internet a long <laughs> way away. <laughs> I'm at Remude on Twitter. And I'm Vaya Pashos and our podcast is Neighbours Council on Facebook and Neighbours Pod on Twitter and patreon.com slash neighbourspod. Hope you're all keeping safe and we'll chat to you next week. Bye. Bye. Okay.